I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes. Unless you're driving or operating some kind of heavy machinery, so take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go, and let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, my dear audience. Welcome to another episode of To Be Honest. And naturally, a warm a welcome to our first-time listeners. This episode is part three of knowing your attachment style. And I trust we are going to wrap up this topic today. So, without further ado, let's pick up from where we left off last episode. Again, if you have not listened to part one and two, I urge you to go back to the archive and have a listen first, because this is a deliberate sequence. All right. The larger part of the context in last week's episode is about the toxicity in insecure attachment. So I ended the episode on the anxiously toxic kind of part in the relationship. 
And in today's episode, we are going to cover the avoidantly toxic kind of part in the relationship for us. So, what does it look like? Well, the avoidantly toxic kind of part in the relationship for us is to fantasizing about the ex, the phantom ex, the one that got away, giving lots of mixed signals to the anxiously attached partner. So there's a sense of not saying "I love you," but then showing that you care about them, but withholding the love word. They also tend to flirt with other people as a way of keeping someone at arm's length. Mind you, these aren't protest behaviors that I talked about the anxiously attached in last week's episode. Instead, for the avoidantly attached. They are called deactivating strategies. In other words, they are ways that we make ourselves feel like away from our partner, i.e., flirting with others, thinking or saying you are not ready for a relationship, but then staying in the relationship. So there's this kind of arm's length thing going on, including behaviors like nitpicking. They are masters of being like, I don't like the way they dress, or a whole list of things that they don't like about、uh, the partner, and keep really icked out by it. So unlike the anxiously attached, the avoidant tend to pull away when things are going well. So it's like, let's say、uh, they had a wonderful date, and. The avoidant decided not to call you for a few days because, in their mind, they think it's too much, it's too intense. So they might check out when a partner is talking to them. They might ignore things that are important to the partner on their emotional well-being. They totally ignore them. Or during the conversation, the avoidant might make up some excuse or change the subject. So it's like every time you wish to connect, then the avoidant is just kind of keeping you away or pushing you away, and so you can imagine this activates anxious attachment. They get more needy, and they get more like, "Hey, what's happening?" So their nervous system is more out of sync, and they desperately want to connect. They want to co-regulate with the avoidant, and the avoidant is like, "Ick, get away from me!" By then, they think you are too much, and so this back and forth cycle becomes toxic. It becomes codependent. It becomes toxic, and it usually ends in tears and a lot of upheaval. So there you have it, my audience. Are you brave enough to have already identify yourself or your partner or maybe even your parents? So I'm not giving you this knowledge to use it against your partner or parents. How you can take this information and begin to peel apart your own attachment and start to heal your past traumas, and then. Make decisions from a more healed, safe place or a more supported, loving place about how you want to interact in your relationships. So, at this time, let me remind you of some good news. 
the attachment system within us is that it's all changeable. So there is no need, my audience, to weaponize the problem. Okay, I already know what some of you out there might be thinking. Oh my gosh, I am anxiously attached, and my partner is avoidantly attached, and we are in this relationship. And now what? Well, all you can do is to focus on yourself. That's number one. Two, it is possible. I have seen it. Where people have gone from both having insecure attachment styles, going to both earned secure attachment. Having said that, the only way that happens is if both partners acknowledge their own attachment systems and want to change them, and are doing their separate internal work, and then they together work as a couple. Okay, I know that a lot of you are going to be like, "I'm in the relationship as it's happening, right?" Well, my audience, I can only repeat myself. Just focus on your own individual attachment style. Just make it a little less overwhelming. One thing you should know, my dear audience, is that it's easier for an anxiously attached person to change their attachment style. It makes sense because at least they have some sense of emotional capacity and that they want to truly connect. So it's not like this longing feeling, like the avoidant, that they keep being like. Oh, I want that, but I just don't know how. So the anxious style—they are all in. They know where their hurts are. So that's the first way to heal for the anxiously attached people. Remember, the first step is self-awareness. And by the way, I have helped many clients to recover from anxiously attached, and they have done the work and have earned the secure attachment through their hard work. They acknowledge and accept what their needs are. So when I say acknowledging and accepting their needs, I mean they really acknowledging and accepting. Because when we accept what our needs are, like a securely attached person would, there is not a lot of compromise around that. That is with strong internal boundaries. So it's like if I accept the fact that I need responsiveness to text messages when we are apart, then that's not something that if someone continue to not respond to me, it starts to become a deal breaker. So once we have accepted what our needs are, and we are able to move on to second step, that is to start effectively communicating what our needs are. Because anxiously attached individuals, they tend to hide their needs because of their fear of abandonment. So they hide their needs and they hide their boundaries, and then they get resentful if their needs are not met. Right. Therefore, it is important to repeat out loud what our needs are and train the other person what our needs are. Even for a securely attached person, to let them know what our needs are. 
This is important because relating to self-respect. So in recovery, we learn how to effectively communicate by being our true selves. We cannot effectively communicate our needs if we keep going back on them out of fear. So, my dear audience, the number one requirement for healing is courage. Why? Because we have to be courageous enough to be ourselves in a relationship. We have to be courageous enough to say, "Ouch! I told you that was a need, and you keep ignoring it. And I no longer wish to pretend that that is not a need, because this is who I am." In other words, is to be ourselves. Please take note: the easiest one and the hardest one would be to recognize and leave avoidantly attached people when we start dating them. I will say this: working with anxiously attached clients, they are incredible at recognizing disconnection. So it's not that their intuition is inaccurate. They have incredibly sensitive intuitions. It's that they have weak internal boundaries. Therefore, they don't follow their intuition. To them, it's like they can see it, but it feels like love to them. So they don't leave fast enough. So a big piece of the work is recognizing, noticing that intensity, that pull. That hit of dopamine, and when there's enough red flags to walk away, which lead me to my other way to heal from anxiously attached, is that an anxiously attached individual must step out of the lack philosophy, that limiting belief of lack, and into believing abundance, the belief of abundance. We tend to think that we are not enough. That there isn't anyone who is going to love us, and that we are going to end up alone. And so, when someone does love us, it's like, hmm, this is my last chance, so I have to get this right. Think about how exhausting that is. I have to bend myself like a pretzel because this is the only person that's going to love me, or the only person I'm going to be attracted to. So the key is to reframing with some CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, around what our belief systems are, i.e., the result formula. Around what our belief systems are, and reframing that belief system in our thought patterns, which cultivating a mindfulness practice will be helpful. Because no awareness, no change. And lastly, of course, is to date securely attached individuals because securely attached people have staying power. They are not going to be scared of your anxiety, and this is why anxiously attached people are the easiest to treat. After a while, when our attachment system gets used to someone staying, it also becomes less anxious and it becomes more securely attached. There's a sense of when this person hears what my need is and then steps up to the plate. I like to call it, and they keep stepping up to the plate. After a while, I'm confident that my voice matters, my need matters, and now that person is going to continue to step up to the plate most of the time. And so, we definitely want to date securely attached people. 
Just remember this phrase: people who care about us care about the way we feel and what impact they have on our feelings. So here's a good mantra for the anxiously attached: I feel like they demonstrate and act my needs out. Now, my audience, with treatment for the anxiously attached, there will come a time in a relationship when you get into a good, solid relationship that you might switch into avoidant because you never want to be a part of a team that you have picked for. That's number one. Now, number two, intimacy doesn't feel like intensity. All right, just because you have mistaken intensity as intimacy, it's still not intimacy. So you are going to feel and ask yourself, "Am I still attracted to my partner, or am I still attracted to this person?" Because I don't feel any intensity. So believe it or not, it's kind of boring for the anxiously attached. Remember, their nervous system is used to be up and down. And although intimacy is more sustainable for the anxiously attached, it feels a little boring. Please take note: if they can get through that phase and stay the course, on the other side is earned secure attachment, and they will be attracted to that. Now, chemistry is chemistry. You can't fake that. It's like if you are not attracted, then you are not attracted. But this is different. This is like something keeps bringing me back. I like it when we are intimate. I look at this person and I think that they are really handsome or beautiful. But just there is something that intensity is missing. Now pay attention, my audience. That's when you should keep giving it a chance. Remember, this is new to you, so you must give it time. Remember, my audience, intensity is actually instability, or questioning loyalty, or responsiveness, or the intensity that you were used to was just instability. Think about that. My dear audience, I promise you, if you stay the course of the securely attached individual, what you will gain and learn from that relationship is pretty outstanding. Okay, my audience, I guess I'm not able to wrap up today because our time is almost up. Nevertheless, I do not want to rush things. Because there is a lot to digest and think about, so now that I have covered how the anxiously attached will heal, I will continue with the avoidantly attached next week. So stay tuned. So thank you for listening, and I appreciate you, my audience. Until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be authentic. Bye for now. You can find this podcast. 
to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website www. drbarbarakiao. com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O. com. 